This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. <laughs> and kids would get in the tire, and we'd roll it down the hill. <laughs> I remember doing I watched that a shit. movie recently where they did that to a kid <laughs> bullying him, and I'm like, so now what we used to do for fun is being a victim? <laughs> Did you ever have to bring in peanut-free brownies or anything like that? No, like, we were before that. You know damn well that we were before that. <laughs> if your kid was had a peanut allergy, it was your job to have him not be around peanuts back then. I had walked into the bathroom, walked up to one of our vanities, and I my little double vanity <laughs> sink, <laughs> pulled my pants down. Shane pissed in the sink. No, no, no. I was about to, and my wife from behind me goes, what are you doing? Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. When I was around 27 and Nikki and I had been together for a couple years, we noticed my son developing into his own little dog person. When we first got together, Nikki and I decided that although we both loved dogs and she loved cats, that we were going to wait on any pets until Chris was a little bit older and the two of us were ready for it. But Christopher did not want to wait. At almost five years old, he starts carrying around this little stuffed dog. I don't even remember where he got it, but this thing was everywhere he was. When I say carry it around, I mean more like he brought it everywhere he went in the house. When he ate, it was at the table or on the floor. If he went to sleep, he had to have the dog laying on the pillow next to him. When he played, the dog was always there watching like this little faithful companion over his shoulder. He even gave it a name like Fido or Spot or something like that. And he was basically convinced this was his dog. Now, while this behavior was cute and fun to watch, he also seemed like he was kind of losing it a little bit. Like he would talk to the dog and then make up a voice for the dog to bark back at him. And it almost seemed like he was kind of deteriorating into a little bit of a crazy person. But eventually I look at Nikki after watching this for a little bit and I say, we got to get this kid a dog before he loses it completely. So we talk about it and we decide that for Christopher's fifth birthday, we are going to get him a dog and we are going to go to the animal shelter to pick him out. Now, for us, we always thought shelter dogs are the best. You're basically saving their lives from the gas chamber, and somehow these dogs know, and they are eternally grateful for the fact that you saved them from certain death. So on this day, we decide we're going to head out without Christopher because it's his birthday gift, and we're going to make our trip to the pound. Now, when you get to the pound, it's one of the saddest things you'll ever go through. As soon as you get there, they give you a little brief of what you're going to see. And they tell us, you're going to see like the, the cages with everything in there. And it's basically the real life Sarah McLaughlin commercial. There's all the dogs in the cages and they're barking and some of them are just generally scared and some of them are crying and some of them are just sitting there not even doing anything. And it, like I said, it's one of the saddest things you'll ever see. Now we're feeling really bad about going through it after we've made our pass through all the dogs. We finally find one that we think looks pretty good. This little Sharpay named Mr. Prinkley. Now, Mr. Prinkley had his own little information card on the outside of this cage, and all the dogs do, and it tells you if they're housebroken, if they're good with other dogs, if they're aggressive. And we looked at Mr. Prinkley's card, and it checked off all the boxes. He was housebroken, he was good with other dogs, he was kind of cute, and we figured, hey, this is a pretty cool dog. So when they when you get there and they tell you about the Sarah McLaughlin commercial you're going to have to go through, they also tell you you're going to be able to go to what's called a bonding room. 
And what a bonding room is, is basically where you can go in and take the dog, see if he's going to be a good fit for you, see if the dog's a good fit for what you guys have going on. And it's kind of like a first date. So me and Nikki decide we're going to take Mr. Prinkley on our first date to see if we're going to make him our dog. And the thing that kind of makes Christopher stop acting like a crazy person. So soon as we get Mr. Prinkley into the room, we're all excited. We're walking over to him, trying to pet him. And I don't know if you've been on a bad first date, but as soon as we get him into the room and we start petting him and trying to like be affectionate with this dog, Mr. Prinkley starts acting like he's ready to fake a fucking phone call to get out of there. Like when somebody's obviously not into you or into the date or hated your car or whatever, and they've got that attitude like, well, shit, we ordered food. I might as well ride this out. That was Mr. Prinkley. He was giving me and Nikki the side eye the entire time we're in the room. And suddenly it was pretty clear this is not a love connection and he is not going to be our dog. So we go grab our pound worker and we're like, can we put side eye Prinkley back in his cage? And we're going to make one more pass and see if we can find any of the dogs that we think are going to be awesome. So we decided to go through one more time and we come up on this cage with a dog in it who is... The best way I can describe him is a miniature golden retriever. Like, seriously, he looked like a golden retriever who had his legs cut off at the knees. Like, Cotton from King of the Hill who got his legs blown off in the war, that was Max. Just like a regular golden retriever, but had no legs. They were like little stubby legs. So we grab up his information card, and we're looking at it, and he checks off all the boxes, and he even knows some tricks like sit and shake and all that stuff, and we ask the pound worker who's with us to pull him out of the cage so we can take him over to the bonding room, and he's so jacked up about getting out of the cage, he knocks his water bowl over and gets his entire underside wet. We get him into the bonding room, and Max is all about it. He's all over us, licking us, trying to get under us, wanting us to pet him. He's jacked up that we're there, and the lady at the pound says, well, he got dropped off today, but you know, he's up to date on his shots, so you guys can go ahead and adopt him today if he's a good fit you usually had to wait a couple for a new dog for a few days before you could adopt him so this was awesome she starts telling us max's story she says max actually got dropped off today and his owners was a couple that had been together for five years and when they split up max was basically left homeless so they decided to take him to the pound the day that they broke up they gave the apartment complex back their keys and then they brought their dog to the pound that day and me and Nikki are th- sitting there thinking to ourselves, how could somebody be so cruel to this hilariously short miniature golden retriever? I mean, he's half golden retriever and half beagle. And he was all about us. Me and Nikki are in the room and he is just losing his mind, getting up under us, trying to hang out with us, just wanting to be our dog really, really bad. And me and Nikki make the decision that this is the one, this is our dog. We sign all the papers, we pay our $40, and suddenly we've got a dog. We get outside and Max is pulling and jerking on the rope and he's acting like this is Shawshank Redemption and he made the crawl through the poop pipe. He was just jacked up to be alive. And we drive home in the car, Max is in the back seat doing everything everything he can to get in the front seat just so he can be in there with us we pulled into the driveway and we go inside and nikki nikki tells christopher i've got a surprise for you buddy you need to stay in here for a second your dad's gonna bring it in so i come walking in with max on a leash and as soon as i walk in christopher's big blue eyes get really big and he runs over and he grabs max and throws his arms around him and he hugs him really hard and he threw the little stuffed dog to the side And slowly over the years, that little stuffed dog faded into the background as Max was the only thing that mattered. We'd went from being a family without a dog and a son who was kind of going into a little bit of dementia with a a stuffed dog to now having the American dream with the husband, the wife, the kid, the dog. And the only thing that was missing was the minivan. It was a really good day and it was one more step towards me becoming a family man. Hey guys, welcome back to another week and now that I'm older. 
a show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online at nowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. And if you give to us like Michelle, our badass Patreon, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag PodernFamily. It's a family of podcasters who come together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass podcasts, and basically create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag, you're going to find our show as well as the Geek Tavern podcast, Keepers of the Fringe podcast, and the Could Have Happened podcast. And this week on episode 136, Merry-Go-Round Horror Show, we're going to talk about some of the things that you could do as a child that were completely fucking normal, and nowadays parents would lose their mind if you did it. Stuff like playing on a playground with metal equipment, uh, riding in the back of a pickup truck and basically going into strangers houses just to get candy when you were a kid so check it out we'll be right back man i've got certain information all right certain things have come to light and you know has it ever occurred to you that instead of uh you know, running around uh, uh, blaming me, you know, given the nature of all this new shit, you know, this could be a a, a lot more uh, 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 complex. I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know? What in God's holy name are you blathering about? All right, Kenny. We're going to talk about things that used to be completely fucking normal that nowadays parents and normal people would be like... (laughs) I'm not doing that. That's that's dangerous. Okay. Like when we were little kids, I'm dangerous. They would send us out to play on playgrounds. No bullshit. I know you remember this, where there was wood. <laughs> you were sent out on your own and told not to come back until the streetlights came on. Go out and build character, little bitches. But when you would go to a park, all the parks didn't have like the super soft uh, tires that had been recycled. Yeah, they were like rusty like pipes sticking out of shit. Rusty pipes. I remember getting cut on something we'll see, that's from the actual playground. <laughs> see, that's why you were one of the dumb kids. I didn't have to grab the rusty ass No, pipe. no, no. I was running by and like something cut me and my mom was like, well, as long as your jaw don't lock up, we'll be fine. <laughs> like, like, that's what you did for not paying attention. I didn't run a lot. I was like, mm. well, <laughs> It's pretty obvious now you didn't run a lot. Um, but I, I swear to God. <laughs> But you remember things like wood and steel and like all the different like rivets and shit. They didn't have like special stuff on the ground either. They just like pine bark. Uh, gravel. <laughs> I remember playing in fucking playgrounds that yeah. were gravel. Yeah. Like the, the some of them were the soft gravel, and then some of them were just like the high end new white gray gravel. <laughs> like it was newer. Shit hurt your knees every time. Oh, every time you fell, you ended up having shrapnel from the place that you'd played stuck in your knee. And like, we survived. We made it through, dude. But like back in the day, you remember the the, uh, the merry-go-round where you'd sit on it, and it was always made of metal. And you'd sit on it, and people would just spin it and spin it and spin it. Well, yeah, because like, it was fun. Yeah, you'd get the motion sickness, and you'd puke. Yeah, I never got the got motion sickness. It. I was the kid that was always turning that motherfucker, throwing, making other kids throw up. Yeah, I was never the kid on the thing. I was, I, I was the kid that like when we would go to the the fair and stuff like that. Any sort of a ride that turned me upside down or we used to have circles. a tire at the daycare I went to whenever my grandparents were out of town. We used to have this tire. <laughs> and kids would get in the tire and we'd roll it down the hill. <laughs> I remember doing I watched that a shit. movie recently where they did that to a kid <laughs> bullying him, and I'm like, so now what we used to do for fun is being a victim? 
Yeah. These kids are wankers. I remember being, Like, I remember Red Rover, Red Rover sitting on over was clothesline game. That's what that was. Dude. All Red right. Ro- Tim's coming. When he comes, he's going to go for you and Seth. He's going to go for you and John. You guys just make a tight fist and go for the throat. <laughs> Do not break your hands, okay? Don't We're break already down two people. We can. Tim's little. We can take him out. We've got this. Remember last week when Tim told on you? Remember? Yeah. Uh huh. Remember when you guys were talking in the back and you guys were like, "Oh, the teacher's so cute and stuff like that," and he told on you guys. Fuck Tim, okay? And you would take people out. I have been dropped more than one time playing Red Rover, not because I wasn't a big kid, because I was always a big kid. But they would always be those one kids, and there's probably oh, you who would fucking <laughs> Tactical. single a kid out and like take him out when nobody was paying attention, I'm right? Like, or wait we, a minute, or we use like the slingshot method. What's, what's, the, slingshot. what's the slingshot method? Before you send the kid over, you have one guy on either side holding his hands, and y'all like spin. And like, same way that Supergirl sent Flashback and died. You just, that way you have three people's energy versus just one kid running. So he's got his hands out. Potential energy and kinetic energy. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> and you got two big kids. Usually you pick a, like a an athletic middle-sized kid to be the bullet. That's what we used to call it, the bullet. <laughs> Kids had like fucking names and shit. Oh, dude, we had tactics because you were you were deciding who got what. And you didn't want to get stuck on the fucking seesaws. You wanted the goddamn merry-go-round that made kids puke. I personally... Because um, back then, the teachers didn't get involved. It was basically like... What's the, what's the, what's the book about the, the Lord of the Flies? Oh, dude, <laughs> it was basically Lord of the Flies when it was outside time. Everything, like, uh, fucking recess was... Like, the teachers would sit up there and they would grade papers while we were outside. And, like, if something went wrong, you would... Not, like, a kid would lose their leg or something. You'd notice a teacher look up and be like, You guys calm down over there. And go right back to grading papers. Like, kids would be bleeding. Fights would break out. Teachers didn't give a shit. They had other stuff to do, like smoke cigarettes during recess and shit. <laughs> kids, I remember that Kids weren't pussies. Too. I mean, it's just a fact. Kids weren't <clears throat> pussies back then. I remember one time, for whatever reason, I think I had a cold or something. Like, also, you would be sent to school if you were sick, and you weren't that, just not too sick. Oh, no. And your no. mom would just send a letter saying, so-and-so doesn't feel good, so you probably would not be able to go outside and play that day. Yeah. Sucked. You always wanted to lose that letter. But uh, I remember being inside one day, and some other little girls in there, and it was like second grade. And she was kind of annoying, so <laughs> I didn't really mind at first. But she, like, climbed up on the chair. Remember those chairs that had the three slits cut in them? Yep. The plastic-ass chairs? Yep. Well, her bright ass decided to step on the back. And you remember those things, if you lean back, they would bend over completely backwards. Because they had those feet that were kind of not sta- – they weren't fixed. I'm talking about the plastic itself where the three cuts oh, were. Okay, it yeah, would yeah. just fold like yep. if you lean hard enough. It was not structurally sound. No, it, it would bounce right back. Well, she stood on that shit <laughs> on two different chairs, and they both, whoop, folded. And she fell down head first. And I remember being a little kid at oh. first. I was like, <laughs> April, fell <on> her, <laughs> April fell on her fucking head, the annoying girl. And then I was like, oh, wait, she's not moving. Now, I remember being, you know, when you're a little kid, emergencies mean go find an adult. Exactly. <laughs> so I remember being like, oh, I'm not supposed to leave the room. Wait a minute. This is an emergency. Carte blanche. I remember running down that hall. Being the- told not to run and shit. Because I went to an a school called oh. Teasley, and it was a nice school for the time because it was in Vinings. But it was old, so it was all basically one long hallway right. and all the classes. Like, all the media center and everything else was on, like, another wing. But all the classes were on this long, almost like a giant size like, trailer. But it wasn't a trailer. 
<laughs> and, there, and then I remember the, the back door, which went out to the playground area, was like on the other end of the building because it went first, second, third. Right. Everything was in one hallway, basically. Right. <clears throat> there were, like, it was a big deal when there was more than one class of every, when they went to two because the classes had to be split. They were too big for one teacher to do the whole, like, second grade. When there was first grade and then there, were, there was 1A and then so there was had, 1B. Yeah, so 1A and 1B. Yep. So I remember running down that hall and it felt like being a G. <laughs> like, there would have been action kids, music playing if it was a movie. Like, duh, 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 duh. Other kids are looking out going, what's Kenny running for? Man, he's running down the hall. He's not supposed to be You're not to supposed running. to run it. I remember bursting through the door and being like, teacher! April's dead! <laughs> April's dead and I didn't do shit. <laughs> but I'm a hero because I told you about it. <laughs> now give Walking me around my hands up. Give oh. me my reward. I get extra media center time, right? <laughs> How many times have you ridden in the back of a pickup truck? Uh, when I played football, we did it like all the time. Like, and like you would parades ride, and shit. You would, no, I'm talking about like as a kid, when I was a kid. Like, Last time I did it was in your goddamn truck when you motherfuckers threw me in the back of the truck while I was drunk. Instead of taking good care of your friend, you threw him in the bed of a truck and went to another concert. Well, we're talking about during You should have never told me that shit either because I was so drunk I don't remember you going to the other concert. But now I know you left my ass in a parking lot in the like bed of a truck. In the middle of winter, it was like 12 degrees outside. Sons of bitches. <laughs> I remember as a kid, we used to ride from my house, which was in Austell, all the way to my grandmother's house, which was deep in the heart of downtown Atlanta. Like You had to drive through like uh, bulletproof vest areas to get to where my grandmother lived. And we would be in the back of a pickup truck, like live gunfire. Yeah. My like, mom wasn't let none of that shit happen. Oh no. My, my dad was, was hood when it came to that kind of shit. He just did not give a fuck. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one on the list says dog killer. Dennis didn't mind pickup trucks for his kid. There's a shock. That has a ring to it. Dog killer. Dennis. <laughs> Have you ever been to the airport before there were security lines? Like, did you fly? Oh yeah. Do you meet Adam shit? Morris? Our friend Adam Morris, who now lives up in New York, shout out to Adam if he's listening. We used to go down there and just ride the train for fun. Oh, like the you one that takes you between uh... Oh, we'd hang on the poles, so it'd feel like you're flying. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we'd, we'd fuck because up every... and stay on it too long, and we'd end up in the maintenance area, and they'd be like, what the fuck are y'all doing here? <laughs> I, I do know that- Riding every... the train for fun? Oh, every time well, you ride- We're the... stuck here for 10 minutes, because when they come back here, they sit- I remember, or I remember every time I've been on the train because I only took my first flight like the past few months. Okay, so I never had a time where you don't get to the airport and it's like this sea of just unhappy fucking people with carry. No, we'd go down there like two o'clock in the morning. No, dude, because the airport's open all the time. So yeah, I mean, now you can't go past the first set of stairs now unless you have a ticket. But back then, you could go all the way down to the concourses. No security. Yeah, you could get pretty – well, I remember taking people to the airport before I ever rode a plane and, like, being able to go all the way down to the actual terminal and greeting them there when they got off the plane yeah. and be like, hi, they welcome back. You get a hug and shit right after the plane. Now you have to wait till they go through fucking security. And they and- don't want to touch anybody because by that t- point, they're sweating from carrying their luggage yeah. and shit. And it's like, fuck you, dude. I don't I don't. I don't think that. it's very effective either. I think it's a big waste of government money, personally. I don't think they're doing shit. Um, some inconveniencing people. Did anybody in your class ever have to um, – c- did, did you ever Fuck have the TSA? To, did you ever want? Fuckers make it hard for me to travel with weed. Have to bring That's all in. You do. <laughs> 
Did you ever have to bring in peanut-free brownies or anything like that? No, or? we were before that. You know damn well that we were before that. <laughs> if your kid was had a peanut allergy, it was your job to have him not be around peanuts back then. Not society's <laughs> job to make his life plain. Now, fuck you. You're the one that's special, nigga. <laughs> Take your ass out and sit out in the hallway while we enjoy our peanut having brownies. I do remember being a little kid and it, going back to that Lord of the Flies mentality where the, the teachers didn't step in and be like, hey, now Timmy's not different from anybody else. Now, if Timmy had to step away and eat something different, Timmy was ostracized, okay? <laughs> Timmy was fucking different. I used to call my friend who was like to tolerate cripple. <laughs> like, what's up, cripple Chris? <laughs> not cripple, man. I'm just lactose intolerant. I can eat milk and you can't. That makes you cripple. <laughs> Want some of my pizza? Fuck you. Bet you wish you could have some of this mozzarella. <laughs> have a fried cheese stick just because you're here. Um, the next one says, spending all day, we just talked about this one, running around in the woods by yourself with a pocket knife. Now, could you imagine now what a lot of parents would do if they found <laughs> I their child? I remember getting my first cut pocket knife and immediately cutting my finger. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> Just what my mom said would happen. I remember being like, I ain't telling them either. <laughs> exactly. <He's laughs> like, I wanted hurt. a Band-Aid and some Bactine so bad, but I was like, nope. It was in the car, too, and on a long trip back from that, well... Two hours was so long back then. Oh, dude, two hours seemed like a fucking million years. We were coming back from my great-grandparents' house who lived uh, in Boaz, Alabama. <laughs> where it was my grandparents, my great-grandparents lived there, and there were outlet malls. That's all I know about Boaz. It's near Huntsville. Sounds like a great place. And I'd found a pocket knife, and my grandpa told me I could keep it. And I was all happy and immediately cut myself on the finger while I was fucking with it in the car. And I didn't want to say shit, so I'm all like, <laughs> hide my finger put it in my arm you know it like it's bleeding profusely because I fingers I knew out here I told you not to let him have any dive <laughs> fingers bleed profusely no matter what you do well if I cut my finger this way now it would literally be like oh shit I cut my finger yeah but as a seven year old it was like <sighs> oh every time I breathe it hurts <laughs> it's like a little paper cut it's just when you're a kid everything's so fucking dramatic when I was 12 years old, I got one of those Rambo knives. <laughs> I put alcohol in a wound the other day, and I was like, that doesn't even hurt. <laughs> I used to scream bloody fucking murder. When you were a kid, that was the end of the fucking world. If your mom brought out the, the uh, rubbing alcohol, fuck that, Of course, dude. then I got thinking, and I was like, what if our nerves just don't work as good anymore because we're basically dying slowly? <laughs> That's kind of depressing. It's st <laughs> it still burns just as bad. You're just dying. <laughs> you just can't feel it because your nerves don't work as good anymore. <laughs> You're dead inside. That's basically what it is. Like, it's over. Um, I never had a chemistry set necessarily, but the next one on here says our chemistry sets actually had real chemicals and cool experiments. I did. I had a chemistry set, and that's a lie. They <laughs> you weren't making anybody a mutant or nothing. You could turn water colors and turn it back colors. The best trick I learned was how to like clean copper. Like, you can make pennies look brand new with some salt and some baking soda and some vinegar. <laughs> well, thank that you. was it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, chemistry set. Thank you, Mr. Wizard. <laughs> Here I am thinking, you know, kids, as a kid, you have all these delusions of grandeur. You're like, I'm going to be a mutant. <laughs> I'm going to create an invisibility serum. I'm going to be the first real X-Man. Watch this shit. <laughs> Nothing was coming out of my eyes. I think I got gas a couple times from drinking that shit. I can just imagine you making some sort of a concoction or something like that. I, mean, I wonder what I did before I had bow to test shit on. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, next one actually says, I could take a butter knife to finish putting my sandwich together at school. 
And I have the SWAT team called. Now, I can say as a parent. They had butter knives available at my school. I don't know about yours, but. No, they had. And they had spoon? metal forks. Yes, metal it was spoons, all metal. Metal butter knives. And it wasn't like, oh, my God. He went insane and stabbed 42 people with a butter know, knife. Fucking butter knives were readily available. <laughs> they had scissors and shit laying around. They didn't just have scissors. Like now you got <laughs> safety scissors where you can't really hurt anybody. They had the paper cutters that you could literally cut somebody's hand off with <laughs> if you tried hard enough. Bo, put your finger there. <laughs> uh, you could legit cut somebody's finger off. And they would every time, they would always ask that one little girl who was way too quiet to even be around other people <laughs> who probably was homeschooled for a couple years. I don't years. know about your school, but my elementary school, basically the food camp pack where you dumped your tray was right there. If somebody like came and pushed you, you can't get a go and got eaten. <laughs> it feels like we've just put bubble wrap on the entire society compared to what we grew up with. Because when you think about it, like I think about that's going why to millennials school, are so fucking soft. I go to Christopher when I was like when Christopher was growing up, I would go to his school and stuff like that. And I got a call from his school one time, and they said um, we have a very serious situation with Christopher. Um, he's going to be getting a referral. He's on uh, suspension because he brought a butter knife to school to try and finish his peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay, well, why would Christopher? <laughs> Only Christopher would find some reason why he needed to take the butter knife to school with him. He didn't First think anything about it, though. He was just like, it's a butter knife. <laughs> How many more seconds did you need to finish your fucking sandwich? <laughs> That's not going to make a break or day, make a break deal or anything. But this it- is also the same kid. That came home, that missed the bus one day, and instead of knocking on my window, because he knew I was asleep in my bedroom, went across the street and was like, I can't get in my house, and then got defects called on you guys. That's right. I for nothing. That. And the lady from defects was like, uh, it totally backfired on him, though, because she told him we could whoop him. <laughs> she, she basically was like, I just want to remind you that Christopher tried to throw y'all straight under the bus and tried to and, try to turn it to the Wild West over at the house. And the defects lady was like, no, as, long that, as long as you don't leave a mark. No, they can totally spank you, even with a belt. Uh, what? Yeah, as long as they don't leave a mark, they can do whatever they want to to you. You're their property. I remember seeing behind her, like, cracking my knuckles, like, yeah, you ain't till she leaves, motherfucker. Waking you up with a trumpet tonight. <laughs> Next one says, every summer we had the run of the entire neighborhood. Now, this is... We weren't allowed to come back inside. <laughs> I would be, like, I was the kid who, as soon as you went outside, like, it was a sauna outside, okay? In the South, if you people are from yeah. the North, Heavy set kids, we immediately start sweating. Or anybody in Japan who's listening right now, let me just go ahead and tell you. It is hot as fuck here. And it's not just the temperature, it's the humidity. You go outside, you're sweating. It's the, like the high, are, high 90 degrees, which I don't know what that is in Celsius. Look it up yourself. It's like 30 Celsius or something like that. But then you get Don't fucking, guess, because we could be saying something that's totally palatable. It's too high. It's real high. And it's like 90% humidity. It's like the, the goddamn rainforest. You walk outside and you're immediately sweating. And our mom and our dad, no matter which one it was, there was never a good cop when it came to this shit. As soon as it was summer, you, they didn't need a babysitter to be there watching you. They'd hire somebody to be at the house, but that's all they had to do. Like they would watch TV all day because they'd look at you and say, well, it's 10 a.m. You guys already have breakfast. I don't want to see you till the lights turn off. You can come back at uh, one to grab a sandwich. That shit never happened in our neighborhoods. No. There was always like one mom who was a stay at home mom and, and that she was always the one that was, that's who you go to. That's his door. You knock on and pled for help if you needed it, but you still weren't getting inside. <laughs> no, dude, when I was fucking, I'll bring the band-aids out here. You sit on the goddamn porch. <laughs> When I was 12 years old, we moved to this neighborhood that was a huge, it was an unnamed 
circular red clay trailer park. There was no trees there except on the outskirts of the thing. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Where they just bulldozed it and put in some trailers. <laughs> exactly. And, and they just, no landscape and nothing. No. They left it exactly. Like the land had like a, a space to put a trailer. It's like everything the cowardly else. dog except the cow- oh, trailer park exactly. instead of the house. There's just nothing. I woke up in this trailer park one Life night. Life on Mars. <laughs> I woke up in this trailer park one night, looked out my window and saw a herd of horses. That's not a joke. That's not me playing around. There were a herd of horses that apparently this farmer from down the road, his gate had gotten left open and the horses were all in my yard. And I'm like, the fuck is going? Am I really in nowhere? Like have I died and gone to nowhere? But as soon as the summer would start, my mom would be there or my dad would be there. Dad worked like third shift at the time and he would wake up whenever he woke up. But it was my job to watch Chris or watch Steven. And we'd go out in the fucking neighborhood and be out in the neighborhood. Sit in the mud off. <laughs> I remember making clay furniture. I remember making a... Like you dig a hole and turn it into a chair. Yep. I remember doing that. <laughs> I remember also taking a machete when I was like 12 years old and clearing out parts of my property so that we could build a quote unquote clubhouse. Oh yeah. We used to have wood clubhouses too. We used to also plot about killing like bobcats that didn't exist. But oh, we were yeah. convinced there were wild animals all around. Because our dad would give us a machete for us to be able to clear this shit out with. And he never questioned the fact that I might lop my friend's head off because we weren't fucked up like that back then. And it was just like, hey, if you want to go clear some of the property, go crazy. I had a scythe. I remember you telling me about the scythe and then hitting your brother with it. <laughs> On the backswing and thought I killed him. I went and hid in the woods because <laughs> I thought my mom was going to kill me. I went and told her. And then went in the woods. They were like, you can come out. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't trust you. You're lying. You're going to hit That's me. totally lying right now. <laughs> You're probably standing there with the police ready to arrest me. I'm a wild person now. <laughs> They got a little dark. You're like, oh. Yeah. As soon as you heard the first cricket, you're like, nah. <laughs> raccoon walks by in your head. It's a puma. <laughs> oh, God. They're going to eat me. And the raccoon's all like, what the fuck's wrong with him? <laughs> I'm just inside. a raccoon. I mean. So all I know is when I was a kid, being outside in the dark when you had no idea what was going on and you weren't like used to nature and shit like that was scary as hell. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about some more stuff that your parents let you do when you were a kid, but you would freak right the fuck out if your kids were doing it these days. So check it out. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers Promo Edition. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your other host, Super Movie Brother Jay. We're a show that talks about movies, talks about beers. I'm the guy that likes big Hollywood blockbusters, big explosions, big dicks, big tits just being thrown out there in your face. I love your comic book movies. I love your sci-fi movies. This is my co-host Jay. He's your more indie art house motherfucker. I'm the guy who likes small dicks, small tits, small independent films that you guys all have never heard of. But we come together to talk about movies and deliver you news on movies. We talk about trailers on movies. We give movie reviews. We're here to bring it all to you with big, hard fucking cocks and small cocks, too. There's small cocks need love, too. But you can find us on iTunes at Super Movie Brothers Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Super Movie Pod. Check us out. Cheers. Cheers. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Now That I'm Older has kicked off our very own Patreon over at patreon.com slash now that I'm older. And I was able to get a couple of thoughts from Kenny about our brand new Patreon. 
the fuck is a Patreon? As you can tell, he's very excited and so am I. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older. It's going to allow you to pick from different goals that we've set up, things that we want to do to accomplish a better podcast for you guys, to bring you guys a better podcast every single week and to get you guys a better now that I'm older. We've got some things that we're going to need to do and we're going to need your help with them. But if you give us help, we're going to give you something right back. Things like shout outs from Kenny, stickers, t-shirts, exclusive content, all sorts of stuff. So go to patreon.com slash now now that I'm older and I'm going to close out now with a few more words from Kenny about what he thinks about Patreon. I thought you were talking about a role-playing character. You thought Patreon was a role-playing character. It sounds like one of the bad guys they would throw at us. There's your commercial. Thanks. Wait a minute. I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Poop culture. Yeah, yeah, poop culture. Poop, 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 poop culture. Yeah, it's the poop culture. Ooh, poop culture. Poop culture, it's culture shock. Listen in, it'll make your world rock. Laugh and cry, cringe and blush with the poopy brothers and the man crush. Poop culture. Poop culture. Yeah, yeah, poop culture. Poop, 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 poop culture. Yeah, it's the poop culture. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid is going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out at 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. Before we moved to the dirt trailer park that we lived in, we lived in an actual trailer park called Silver Estates over in Douglasville. And as a kid, I used to remember I woke up every morning by my own alarm clock at like 10 years old and walked like three miles to the bus stop that was on the <laughs> other side of the trailer. It wasn't like it is now where like kids just stand at the end Dude, of the driveway. The bus stops every five fucking feet now. Every five feet. We used to have to congregate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They'd be like, look, every half a mile, we're going to have a bus stop. You know, I'm always have to walk to the closest one. I remember being a kid when I would drive through really nice mm-hmm. neighborhoods and seeing those fucking, uh, those little stands at the end of the nice neighborhoods where you'd go inside of it and it had a door that would close and like there would be heat and like they'd all be standing around drinking cocoa. When I was a little kid and I lived in a fairly nice subdivision, we literally had to walk through the woods (laughs) to get to your bus stop. Get to the bus stop. And like they were okay with, the government was okay with this. Like literally if I had walked around the front of the subdivision up to the next, it would have been like a mile and a half or you could walk through the woods. Now for me, it was probably, Probably about a mile and a half, honestly. But for me, it was like three and a half, maybe four miles in my head where I walked. But I used to walk all the way across this trailer park. And there was one person in the trailer park who would open his doors to people. It was a younger guy. or I'm sorry, an older guy. He would open his doors to people. And you could come inside his house. And he had candy yeah, we in had a, his house. We had an old family where our, where our bus stop actually was. And it was just three. It was two old ladies and like their brother. And he was old, too. They were like all the shit. And we used to sit in their carport, and they would turn. They had a little heater out there. Yeah, so they were real nice because they were old people. You guys were the kids that I would fucking be mad at as I was driving by. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't in because the like the government provided. It was just like it still sucked. And I remember one time we had a guy who ended up being my roommate at Ray's later. 
a punk ass guy named Ryan who nobody liked back then either. I remember one time he was running his mouth because there was this false illusion that if you were older, like in a grade older, you were automatically, you could beat up anybody any younger than you. So in our, you, and you had dominion over them yeah, because you were older. This is a middle school. So in middle school, you had three grades here in our community, in our area. And that was sixth, seventh and eighth. So I was in seventh grade and Ryan was in eighth and Ryan was a punk ass. I was really big for my size, so he didn't fuck with me. But then there was another kid named Tico. <laughs> I think we've talked about Tico before. We have. You talked about uh, you, <laughs> we had to run in the old people's house. Is that where we're going? <laughs> yes, we're going. <laughs> Tico was in sixth grade, but Tico was like typical African American child in shape because <laughs> like he played football and stuff. And Tico was and like you know me and Tico were cool. Like I go to his house and play video games and shit. He come to my house and play video games. I didn't hang out with Ryan because he was an asshole. <laughs> And, you know, I was raised, diversity was a bonus. So my parents were down on me hanging. They liked the fact that I would hang out with black kids. Right. They were, like, proud that they weren't racist Southern people. <laughs> it was the dawning of the South not being quite as racist. Congrats on not being a Nazi, King. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> so me and Tico were down. Speaking of which, Tico's family was Nigerian, so fuck yourself. <laughs> so he I was dark, made, dark. He I wasn't made, kind of black. He was, like, Wesley Snipes black. They made great chicken. I did. I used to eat over there. And uh, black people appreciate when you act normal around them. Like, cause I was raised not to know there was a difference. And like, I didn't, I didn't catch on then that that's why they were always looking at me with their eyes all wide because like I was totally comfortable hanging out and eating their food and like going into their kitchen and getting stuff out of the fridge. I think it might have been because you were eating so much that they had like, wide no, they were just like, like I, I actually had an adult, an adult setting. What the fuck was going on in your computer there? Don't know what happened there. God damn it. <laughs> in an adult setting, I went and helped the lady set up her cable as a coworker. Uh-huh. And she was shocked that I had no problem like crawling across her bed to get to the cable wire. She was like, I was like, you think that I wouldn't want to touch your bed because you're black? <laughs> Is that really? She's like, well, I'm from New Jersey and I've heard things about the South. <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't think your skin's different than mine other than color, ma'am. I don't think you carry any different germs or anything. What's I don't think fuck? you're South enough for what you're thinking <laughs> that I was going to react with. Okay? Yeah, like, as long as you're in the city, you're all right, hon. Trust me. But anyways, me and Tico were cool. And he started running his mouth, Ryan, to Tico, like picking on him. And I'm thinking to myself. Dude, Tico's like, <laughs> dude, you're a pudgy white kid. And Tico's like an athletic black kid. He's going to beat your ass. And my, it's the same thought I had kind of about Flo Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. Right. <laughs> it's like, I know you're proud, you're, you're bold, and you're probably a pretty good UFC fighter, but you're a white dude in a boxing match. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed for the last 30 years, <laughs> that doesn't spell out well for you. I wouldn't put Michael Jordan against Tom Brady now and expect Tom Brady to win in a, in a three, I mean, a one-on-one. <laughs> I wouldn't. I bet if you put, I mean, you know, I don't think you could outswim Michael Phelps either. <laughs> I think Michael Phelps has actually issued a challenge to Conor McGregor to have a swimming match. Just because you're athletic doesn't mean you're that athletic. No, okay? I mean, specific skills. But anyway, I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be good. <laughs> so, so Ryan starts picking on Tico. Tico just gets up. And stops, doesn't say anything back to him or nothing, just walks over and punches him straight in the face. Like with a good right hook. Like it was a good punch, not like a little kid punch. And dude was shocked. <laughs> the look on his face, I'll never forget. And I'm dying because, you know, I'm an asshole. Right. <laughs> I'm dying because he got hit in the face and I don't like this kid. And I'm like falling off the carport and shit. <laughs> 
Because you know how all carports in the South are. They have the side away from the house. There's the little half brick wall. Right. <laughs> they all have it. That's where we sat. I'm literally. So you don't fall- drive your car off the porch. Yeah, I'm literally falling off that shit laughing. Like, I'm not hurt, but it looks like I am. <laughs> and Tico started punching this kid so bad that he couldn't defend himself. All he could do was ran to the old people's door and beat on it. And when they got there, he knew he couldn't snitch because then we'd all beat his ass. <laughs> so he told, he runs the door and there's this kid panicking. He says, yeah. He goes, I didn't use the bathroom. <laughs> I got to poop. And that motherfucker sat in the bathroom till the bus came. <laughs> See, I would have been the kid who'd have run inside and, and like sat in the bathroom until the bus came every morning. Cause I've been like, it's really toasty in here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I got on the bus. I guess he thought he was going to get on the bus and nobody was going to know anything. And here it goes. Me being Kenny, I stand up in my seat. Y'all right. I got his ass beat by a sixth grader just now. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> he went and hid in the fucking bathroom. <laughs> Did you ever get uh, gotten on to by people who weren't your parents? Yeah, I got on to, I was a bad kid. <laughs> my parents would encourage that shit. I got yelled at by people who weren't my parents. I don't think I ever got, well, I might have gotten spanked by I'll aunts. yell at your kid right now. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> if your kid is be, if your kid is running amok, I, I will remember come to you first. recently, like a year or two ago, we went camping. And we were sitting in the car because we were, we were doing adult things that we didn't want the kids to know we were doing. Right. Me, you, and Nikki, and her nephew starts bouncing on the cord to my fucking tent that I just bought. Like it's a bungee cord. And I slapped the window, slapped the windshield, and went, hey! <laughs> and he looked up like kids do and scurried off. And Nikki's like, he's just playing with it. And you were like, no, he was tearing down the tent. There's nothing wrong with getting on the kids when they're being assholes. Again, it goes back to this bubble wrap mentality of the fact that suddenly we can't we can't reprimand bad behavior. You might hurt his feelings. I wanted to hurt his feelings so he would stop doing what I wanted him to stop doing. That's the problem with North Korea. Nobody ever told that guy, hey, stop it. You're pissing off the world. Stop it. Okay? <coughs> right. Nobody ever stopped him and went, stop jumping on the tent. Okay? You're going to fuck it up. Uh, when I was growing up, I remember playing things like dodgeball. Tetherball. Dude, you would aim for people's face. <laughs> Dude, the best feeling in the, the kids world. hearing aids out. You told that story. On the, that's one of the most famous stories you ever told on the podcast. Uh, people still talk to me about people you cheered. not hearing that, they, they, That's how you know that kid was an asshole because he was crippled and people still cheered when I hit him. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's, to this day, the hearing aids went straight out. It was so awesome. It was like, if I had a highlight reel for middle school, that would definitely be on it. <laughs> Dude, and I was pretty good at dodgeball. Like, I was usually in the first round of picks. There was all, all the first pick were all the kids that play baseball. Because, I mean, obviously. Right. They got the arm. The second round was these two Asian kids who could catch any ball you threw at them. Who knows? <laughs> they, they, they would catch it with their chest. They would do the chest trap perfectly. Well, you, you remember the, the boondocks where the Asian people like are the best at kickball in the entire world. So dodgeball probably fits right into that. Let's just say we're good at catching. They had the technique down. And I was good at like just using my weight. Like I couldn't really aim all that great, but I could pop you. <laughs> I was what it was you call. really hard to catch my ball because it would bounce off you really fast. I was what you call um, really – really unathletic. So <laughs> see, I was the, I, I wasn't, I was just as chunky, but I was chunky and athletic. It was weird. No, I was, I was neither. I was chunky, but I was definitely, I, I was, um, I was tubby um, as a child. Husky is what uh, the, the clothes that I shot for would call it. And, um, I was not very good at dodgeball. Like, like I didn't have parents that taught me anything. Like even in our twenties, like, like I remember Ray always getting really mad. Like when we play basketball, because 
we're all about the same physical conditioning condition, but I grew up in the hood <laughs> and Ray would get so mad. Cause I mean, I could just do like spins and shit around y'all. And you would always be like, I'm picking Kenny on my team. Cause he's just exactly. Gonna, he's just going to do layups the whole goddamn game. And your brother would be like, why don't you ever pass it? And I was like, cause you guys suck. <laughs> Everybody else would not play along. You or Paul would be like, all right, I'm going to stand here. And when Kenny starts running past people, I'm going to throw him the ball and let him do his layup. And I like, because I like to win. (laughs) It'll work. Instead of people like, I can't shoot, but I'm going to call for three pointers over and over again. Hammy. (laughs) (laughs) I used to love playing basketball because we would get in there and suddenly, like, you'd find out exactly how athletic everyone is and isn't. And it would be like, because uh, you'd find out really quick. Like the first time you play basketball with somebody, you realize whether they're good at it or not. And yeah. you're like, fuck. And now I'm on a team with him. And now <laughs> I have to live the rest of this game. That's probably how people Like felt. I can dribble between my legs and shit. People just aren't ready for that shit. I probably can't anymore. I've got bad knees and shit. I, I don't have the stride that I used no, to have. No, I'm pretty sure you probably wouldn't. And there's always that thought for me that I have to go to work on Monday. Right. So <laughs> I'm probably not going to play this something, athletic game. Something happens at 30 or shortly after 30 with your body just goes, um, yeah, this shit ain't free anymore. <laughs> you can run around and act stupid for a couple hours. And I'm going to make you pay for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no more like getting blackout drunk on cheap fucking beer at a bar ever for <laughs> just for shits and giggles because your friends were there and they might not have been drinking either. But just because you wanted to have fun, you would go bananas. There's no more of that shit, nope. dude. I know when to stop myself. And when I get to a good point, um, I came home the other day and I had a couple beers at the bar. And when I got home, I decided I was going to have this. Uh, I bought this craft beer. It was really good. But it was really high in alcohol content. And I'd forgotten about that. So I sit down to have the uh, beer, but it's one of those larger ones. It was like a lot of beer. So I go ahead and drink it all. And um, I drink a 40. I got so drunk on it. At one point, I go into my bathroom and I hear from behind me, what are you doing? Apparently, I had gotten so drunk while I was drinking this craft beer that I had walked into the bathroom, walked up to one of our vanities, and I, my little double vanity <laughs> sink, <laughs> pulled my pants down. Shane pissed in the sink. No, no, no. I was about to, and my wife from behind me goes, What are you doing? And I'm you fucking hold idiot. on. And then this is what I did on autopilot, on drunken autopilot. I zip up my pants. Walk like legit three feet to the left <laughs> to the toilet. I have never been this so drunk about being the sink ever. <laughs> now that I'm older, I'm being sink. <laughs> hey man, sometimes it just happens like that. Okay, sometimes. what was in that fucking craft beer? <laughs> Looking at the fucking, uh, looking at the ingredients, you're like, holy shit, dude, there's PCP in this. (laughs) Angel dust. (laughs) I imagined that I was over the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, some stories you should probably keep to yourself. Hey, man, I figured, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, When I told you to be more open with the audience. You did. I don't think they meant your P story. <laughs> we have a new hey. segment on now that I'm older called Shane and his P stories. <laughs> Adventures of Peeing with Shane Smith. Did you ride your bike miles and miles and miles away from the house? Dude, you, you've ever heard of GB's Lake? Yes. 
All right, you remember where my neighborhood used to be, right? It was about three miles away. <laughs> yeah, me and my little six-year-old brother, he'd be on a scooter because he couldn't ride his bike yet. So he'd be on the little kick scooter and I'd be <laughs> on my bike. We'd go up to GB's Lake and play all day. Um, I remember riding my bike, <laughs> that neighborhood that I was telling you about earlier where I was in the trailer park. It was a huge circle, but it was about two miles around that circle. And I remember being all the way on the other side of the circle. But we had this trick to where we would stay on the inside of the circle and my dad or my mom could come outside and yell and we could still hear them. But it didn't matter that we were like a mile and a half away from home. There was no yelling where we were at. We were just be home by this time. And that's that we left. We headed out like pioneers. <laughs> Go up there, fish. We did it. We were, we were given a lot of freedom as children because we weren't stupid. <laughs> yeah, well, at the same time, though, we didn't have this this weird belief. There was no criminal minds back then. Uh, there was no fucking. Uh, no, there was totally criminal minds. We were taught that if a stranger acted weird to run. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is as far as the television shows back then, it wasn't like, oh, my God, someone's going to come around the corner. People and blame me. on the tele- television show. People need to be able to dis- differentiate. <laughs> differentiate. Differentiate. Between a TV show in real life. My parents were aware of Stranger Danger. We were taught if somebody offered you candy, they don't like you. <laughs> they were giving you candy to be nice. They were giving you candy because they want to like put something in your butt. <laughs> my parents were very blunt. And it was a wise decision because I remember distinctly being, I want nothing in my butt. I can tell you like this. They, they took my temperature when I was little. I remember. I don't like that shit. That shit's not pleasant at all. <laughs> <laughs> Some areas are exit only. Um, I also remember it's like when, you ever wonder if you're gay. No, I don't like even touching my butt. I also, <laughs> I also remember when I, I used to have a gay coworker, and when these conversations would come up, like, "Hey Clay, you want to go with us to Willie's, which is a Mexican place?" And he'd be like, "Nope, love making night." Gay guys have to think about that. Love making night. If you're going to have butt sex, you don't want to be eating Mexican food. <laughs> exactly. The, fa- the look on your face right now is how I felt at first at work. And then it just became normal. Like, we put braces on him. And we're like, how are your braces? They're fine, but it makes sucking dick hard. Clay was like six foot eight, too. So, <laughs> so it's like. I had, a, uh, I had a gay co-worker at one point that, like, the first time I ever. It was the first time I'd ever had any interactions with a gay person at all. And it was not only, he wasn't just gay, he was black, he was gay, and he was a bodybuilder. And I was like, wow, dude. It's like the trifecta. I'm like, dude, <laughs> your dad must be so mad because, like, you're this big, swole-ass dude. And he's like, yeah, here's my son, Frank. And Frank would be like, hi, my name is Frank. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make a voice to, like, make him sound any more feminine than he was. He was the nicest person I'd ever met. But I would ask him, like... Dude, I, I was just point blank with him. I was like, dude, you're the first gay person I've ever had a chance to interact with. And he was like, Shane, d- don't, don't be a bitch about things, okay? Just, just ask <laughs> See, me the questions Clay you Clay didn't ask. talk funny at all. Clay was like a normal guy that happened to be gay. He would disarm you because you'd walk up to him and expect him to be like, you know, hi, I'm a Frank. As a matter of fact, Clay wasn't overly nice if he didn't know you. No, like, this he used to get irrit- He worked at the front desk of my uh, office. And he used to get so goddamn mad when like somebody would be making an appointment and they start telling him his whole their whole life story, like <laughs> until we told him he couldn't do it anymore. He'd cut him off and be like, "I don't even know all that. When do you want your appointment?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, fuck you. But Clay was this. like the most organized employee we ever had, so right. it's like you can't be good at everything, and we get it. So you know he's not the best at customer service, but he has the front like perfectly laid out and the other girl the, the older lady who worked up there she's really good at customer service so they balanced each other out but you, even though he couldn't say anymore you could see it on his face because it is frustrating when you're trying to make an appointment and you got a lot of people and some people are just they, they don't get it 
and they're like standing there and you're like, okay, they say you need to come back in six weeks. And they're like, well, I have a, I have a trip this week and then I have a concert for my child on this day and then a sporting event on this day. And you're like, what day is good? <laughs> Sir, do you, do not you not realize? The, do you not see the four other people ready to check out behind you? So yeah, Clay would get really ill with those people. And basically Clay just was normal. He didn't have a weird voice. And if you didn't know Clay was gay, you wouldn't know he was gay. But he was also very upfront and open about it. So you say Frankly, things like, hey, you want to go eat Mexican? Nope, not tonight. Love making night. And you're like, why is that? Oh, 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 that's why. <laughs> See, the difference was when I first met Frank, like Frank was very open and front about it, like after you got to know him. But at first he would just, he would, he would try to hide it. And I'm like, Frank, come on, let's be honest. And, and so, <laughs> some things when I was dealing with my friend Clay, it wasn't even about being gay. He's just open about everything. Cause like, I remember us talking about Viagra one time and we were all talking about what Viagra was like. And Clay's like, I use, I've used Viagra. And they were like, really? And you, we just never pictured you having problems. He's like, I don't have problems, but I'm 45 years old. And sometimes I want it to be hard like I was 21. And we're like, God damn it, Clay. <laughs> wow. He goes, whatever. You're getting W old too. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, Clay. Um, do you remember being a little kid and when you didn't have access to actual plastic guns? being a teenager and getting hard-ons like they were free. I'm not talking about hard-ons. I'm talking about back in the day when you used now to I gotta, like, to have to go through a scenario in my head. Oh, yeah, just take it off the clothes. <laughs> got to build it up. It's not free anymore. Kenny, we're, not, we're really not going to delve into so your I don't your put out these anymore. I'm not putting out unless you make it worth it. We're not going to go into your sad sack sex life. It's not here. a sad Dude, sex that's... life. It still works. I'm not saying I need pills. I'm just saying I need a little bit more motivation than I used to. When you were a teenager, you would hump a fucking couch. Don't lie. Hormones do some fucked up shit to us when we're like 19 as teenage boys. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you can hear the obvious cry for help that's coming from Kenny right now, but if you have any extra Viagra that you're not using. No, dude, I don't need them to last. That, I, that shit annoyed me. I did try it after Clay talked it up. Obviously, <laughs> all the stuff he talks no. about dating cam models and things like that, he's just trying to put on a front because he can't get it up anymore. It's very sad. I'm sorry to, to yeah, Shane, to Shane's this. projecting is what that is. Sure. I'm being honest with you. If you're not 30 yet, when you hit 30, just understand that you won't always be able to perform on demand. If you're not into it, you become the woman in the situation. Remember how women would turn you away and be like, it just won't work. I'm not in the mood. You get to where you're not in the mood and you're like, bitch, get off me. Cause <laughs> they get hornier as they get older and we get less horny. It's true. Dude, you remember. And all y'all know, if you listen to the show and you're old enough, when you're around 18 years old, you would fuck anything that would say yes. <laughs> there was oh, no, there were, there there were was definitely no, plenty there were no of moral like, lines of, no, you're not attractive enough for me. There are plenty of those now where I'm like, no, I'm not fucking you, you nasty hoe. <laughs> but back then you're like, I don't well, know where you've been. She's, she's a hoe, but that means she's just going to say yes. Ah. <laughs> um, I, mean, I was having an affair with somebody's mom back then. Yeah, it was so gross. Like, there were plenty of times that we... Oh, it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> in retrospect, yeah. totally gross. <laughs> Going back and looking at it, it's like, wow, dude. Um, I, I had the uh, somebody try to guilt me about it recently. Uh, somebody was tied to the story. A family member right. of the said person. And I pointed out that technically uh, I was the victim as a 17-year-old boy with a 40-year-old woman. And maybe you shouldn't bring it up and talk about who's a victim of who, since technically you're your mom was kind of a pedo. <laughs> Shut it right down. It was like, okay, we're not going to talk about this ever again. <laughs> well, it's it's a, it goes back to the. Uh, I flipped it. I was like, if I was a girl and she was your dad, and then everybody's like, ooh, it's wholly inappropriate. 
then that's that whole double standard. Well, it's the thought if you if you've ever seen the South Park episode where the uh, teachers having sex with the younger kid at school, and all the police officers are like, "Nice," but as soon as the you know it's a guy having sex with a younger girl, it's like, "Oh, Whoa. that's a crime there, <laughs> right. sir." You need to, you, so you need to step back. We're gonna have to get you sex offender. Which makes you wonder that you know you see all these 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 hot teachers getting busted now. You have to wonder if that was kind of going on under the under the radar for a long time. I I'm, I go back to. First off, teachers didn't look like that when I was growing up. Okay? I had a bunch of hot teachers. I I did not. have. I would have loved to be one of the. <laughs> I had never one time was dude, I. We in had school. one teacher that taught aerobics on the side. Her name was Miss Stewart. Oh my god! Never one time that well, I like want to break out Heather Locklear esque. I didn't want to break out into a drum solo like from Hot for Teacher. Never once did that not, shit happen. Not even with the French teacher at our school. No. No, she was okay, but she no, wasn't like she was, smoking she was, hot. She was smoking. She wasn't smoking hot back then. It was she. She, she was on the scale of you'd fuck anything that moved. <laughs> no, on that scale, she was like a ten. On today's scale, she was probably like a six or seven. I'd say more like a five. She no, was. She didn't the, jump the, off the you, page. No, you're wrong. You don't remember the teacher. Apparently, uh, she, she had an itty bitty waist, nice titties, long legs, and dark dark raven hair. She was hot. I'm not talking about the other one. <laughs> I'm not talking about the blonde French teacher. I'm talking about the dark-haired French teacher. I think you're talking about the Spanish teacher, and I remember her. And no, I not just Dementa. She taught French. And she no, was, that was the chorus teacher. She also taught Spanish. No, she taught back to no. The, the chorus teacher was different. Mrs. Dementa was the uh, chorus teacher. Miss Denton. Yeah, was unlike the Mr. Teacher. Bradley, who got away with only teaching an ex- <laughs> extracurricular chorus, she had to teach real classes too. <laughs> Mr. Bradley, Mr. Bradley, <laughs> who they let smoke. <laughs> we had a teacher they totally let smoke and drink at school. Hold on, let's let's inter- interject that into the story as well. Like when I was growing up, it was not a problem for an adult to be in smoking at school <laughs> indoors at some points when you were like younger. Like when I was in elementary school you'd see like teachers you'd walk in their they office smoke and in the lab or the teacher's break room exactly you'd walk by and it'd be like the fucking marlboro commercial or some shit when they'd open the door it'd be well, like the smoker's lounge now the accountant who does all the accounting at my office has been there for like 30 something years she told a story the other day about how she used to smoke in her office while she's working in her office and that was just and you see it on mad men too it's, it wasn't a huge thing for somebody to have. Like, it also wasn't a huge thing, like, just a to few have a years wet bar back, in your office. Exactly. To have fucking drinks, like, at your office and, like, leave at lunch and then come back from lunch hammered and do business <laughs> for the rest of the day. And I'm like, first off, nowadays, the first question you would have is, who drove on the way back? That person's fired for driving anybody in the car drunk. Everybody else is suspended for being here drunk and shit can't like that. Can't be at that. work on inebriated. Dude, you can't do that sort of shit. There's a couple more here that I want to hit of things that uh, we did as kids that were normal as shit to us that aren't anymore. Um, waiting at a bus stop without your parent having to be there. We just talked about that for 30 minutes. Exactly. It's, and they, For some reason, they split it up, but it's like. I look at all these parents standing out there freezing their dick off. And I remember the first day of school, taking Christopher to school and shit. The first day of school is not cold. It's still summertime. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm getting at is I didn't wait at the bus stop with him every morning, especially during fucking elementary school where they had to go to to school at like 530 in the morning or some shit. (laughs) Fuck all that noise, dude. Dude, Um, his bus came right to the house, though. It wasn't like he had to Exactly. But at the same time, if I didn't have to be up that early, I wasn't going to drag my ass out there and wait at the bus stop with him. defects. Somebody needed to be (laughs) (laughs) Now that you mention it. (laughs) Um, Do you remember how uh, growing up it was absolutely no problem for there to be swearing in a kid's movie? 
Like, it'd be PG. It wouldn't be a problem for them to be saying damn, hell, fuck, and stuff like that. Like, they wouldn't they go would too say far. Fuck. They did not say fuck. You're There was a couple times they would, they <laughs> they would throw in fuck. You find that example. In a a PG, fuck, you a find me a PG movie with fuck. I was about to say PG-13 was fuck. Then you got one. And you There's also, a whole joke about how they should do that with Deadpool. And you could bring also, him into an X-Men movie that's PG-13 and have him talking about the whole movie, how he's saving up the F-word, and then have Wolverine say it. <laughs> and just look at him and be like, well, fuck you. <laughs> oh, he'd lose his mind at that point. I saw a picture of Deadpool. I saw this little comic strip of Deadpool and Spider-Man where Deadpool's got his arms wrapped around Spider-Man's neck and his legs wrapped around Spider-Man's waist. And he goes, oh, man, if the Internet could see us now, they would lose their mind. And Spider-Man goes, what are you talking about? And Deadpool goes, I think we just go to different websites, dude. <laughs> I was like, God damn, dude. Um, yeah, but when I was growing up, like, first off, think about Karate Kid now. Like, what they would have to water that down with. Way back then, well, you got... kids are pussies now. I was about to say, way back then, though, you got bullying. You got fucking... Um, you got kids making out and shit like that at like 13 years old. You can't do that in movies these days. What's wrong with you? That's because we've, we've, we've sheltered them. Um, candy cigarettes. Yeah. Else we had as a kid. Yeah. Um, Start them young. <laughs> uh, your dad drinking a beer in the car. Oh yeah. That happened all the time. Didn't matter. Didn't matter at all that your dad was uh, drinking a beer. He would pull out a Bud Light out of his cooler. My dad would have a little styrofoam cooler in Especially the back. Especially if you were going somewhere like far away. You're on a long trip? I'll have road beers. Road beers was an actual real thing. Yep. Um, running around all the fucking place all the time with no shoes on. You imagine uh, some of the parents now? I never did that because I was like fussy about my feet. Well, I didn't want my feet to get dirty, but I was one of those no, kids it's who hot didn't in the want to south, be man. Your feet would straight get burned the fuck off. Well, remember, I worked. On, I, I worked. I fucking lived in a trailer park that had red clay and rocks. Okay, <laughs> if you ran around without shoes on, that was your funeral. You were lucky if you had shoes. <laughs> I remember trying to go outside and being like, "Fuck this shit! This ground gets hot out here in the goddamn south." Like you'd step on the, like the wrong piece of wood on your porch and you'd be like, ah, ah. or you'd go walk on the fucking pavement. As soon as you touch the pavement, the pavement like, would ah, fuck ah. you up. <laughs> yeah. Pavement would fuck you up, boy. I remember being a little kid. This is the last one, but I remember being a little kid. And for me, I don't remember doing this, but I do remember my mom and dad setting a sprinkler out in our yard. Oh, we used to play the sprinkler all the time. Oh yeah, we did. But I always had a bathing suit on. Yeah. My little brother, when he was, because he's six oh, years old. naked? Butt ass naked. Yeah. Just running around. D- dude, I remember seeing kids running around. My brother butt used to naked. whip it out and pee anywhere. <laughs> he thought you could pee anywhere outside. Oh, as soon as you learned the ability to pee outside, though, it was so Like freeing. my grandmother, who was from the city up north, would be over there and he'd just whip it out and pee on a tree. And she'd be like, the house is right there. You don't need to pee out here. It's not like we're out in the wilderness. As I just and I was like, about, you're missing the point, Grandma. As I just talked about, sometimes you have to pee. And whether it's a sink or whether it's a tree, you have to find a place to pee immediately. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> but it was fun to pee outside. You don't know what was in that craft beer. <laughs> you had to pee in the sink, whatever. <laughs> you drunk ass. <laughs> Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day. You know, if it ain't that piece of paper, some other choice they're going to try and make for you. You got to do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do, man. And let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules you're going to try to get you to follow. <laughs> You just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. 
That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. So we're going to end this conversation right there. I don't know what Sean about. There's totally a podcast. You're on the podcast right now. Get out of my fucking chair! You read the Bible, Greg. Yes! Well, there's this passage I got memorized. It sort of fits this occasion. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee.